You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and this is week two of our Star Trek trivia tournament. We had a very uh, wonderful episode. Uh, If you haven't heard the first one, please go back and listen to it. But we have a brand new set of competitors today. Uh, But let me start with my co-host, Jeff, who is here. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, beaming me up to the studio via Skype. Well, I, I tried my best. Uh, I didn't have a lot of equipment here uh, because things aren't shipping normally, but I, I did what I could with uh, household appliances. Um, and uh, last week, uh, we had both talked a little bit about our Star Trek experiences and knowledge, uh, you with much more than myself. But uh, how did you feel with some of those questions? Did you know a little bit about them? Um, I knew a couple of them, I think two. So um, I'm not a huge star trek fan as i've said i do love the original series um i'm i do like the the movies but i say i'm not a big star trek fan not because i don't love all of it but because i haven't seen most of it so well knowing you and and the way that you've uh downloaded the office and uh other shows uh from what you've told me you watch all those series multiple multiple times so i'm sure it'll just take a few more run-throughs that you'll have to to get back yeah i've been looking at my list of things to watch and you'd think with all the downtime i've had not socializing through quarantine i would burn through more of it but uh there's a lot of good stuff out there uh well we do have someone as we said in the first episode who uh put together this uh, wonderful tournament for us uh, we're very appreciative of that and that is our own uh star trek expert matt kirk how's it going matt i'm doing fantastic let's get ready to see what uh what these guys have in store for star trek knowledge yes uh we're excited so we have three brand new competitors uh, and uh, we're going to introduce all of them right now, JP, Candace, and Aaron. Let's start with JP. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and for all of the contestants, um, if you could have any gadget or invention from the Star Trek universe uh, in your house, which what would it be? All right. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is JP Adams. Uh, I am from Roanoke, Virginia, and I work as a professional Magic the Gathering tournament organizer. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a job title one can have. Uh, so that's what I do in my, uh, that's my full-time gig. Uh, I also run a very small trivia podcast uh, as well. Uh, name of that is The Geek Bracket. You can find that pretty much anywhere where podcasts are sold. But uh, I, 
yeah, girl, work. <laughs> that was yeah. that was Matt with his uh, magic yeah. card, and Jeff is probably foaming at the mouth as well. I was going to say, uh, we can talk after the show. Um, I was going to say, because literally, like, I came straight from, like, running an online tournament four hours ago to this recording session. I'm super hyped to do, uh, actually be sitting in a trivia seat instead of running trivia. Unfortunately, because I come from a academia background, I'm much better at researching questions than I am answering them. <laughs> that being That's- said, uh, Gadget I would like in my house. I'm going to go with the holodeck. I've oh, I really enjoy the advances that have happened in VR recently, but we aren't at that point where you can have literal photorealistic stuff all around you and just being able to recreate and interact with all those things. I think the holodeck would definitely be what I would have to choose. That's a great answer. Well, we appreciate you being here today. And you said the podcast was the Geek Bracket. Correct. You can find the Geek Bracket pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, let's move on to Candice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your gadget or invention? Uh, yes, my name is Candice Schott. I live in Bangor, Maine. I work in the public sector. And um, my favorite invention, the one I'd like to have from Star Trek is a replicator. Ooh. That's a good answer. Uh, well, we appreciate you joining us today and, and good luck uh, with the competition. And uh, finally, uh, our last competitor of the day is Aaron. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Some people may have uh, recognized you from Bloodsport, uh, but uh, maybe they haven't seen you before. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm, my name is Aaron Hall. I, uh, last time I talked to you guys, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. I've since moved to Kansas City. I'm Doing, uh, I'm working as an audio engineering uh, developer and manager. To uh, we're making car stereos. I like nice. uh, I'm, that's been my gig. I like making audio centric things, and uh, so uh, making car stereos is pretty fun. I like you said. I've embarrassed myself previously on this show. It's not <laughs> um, not a great showing, and, and I'm not one bit sad that the previous taping of this was lost. <laughs> I was pretty embarrassed by the whole thing, but it was uh, it, it was, was kind of. It was kind of a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty sad about the whole thing. So I may, you know, maybe I uh, sabotaged it because it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, we did get a weird virus email, and it only deleted the Star Trek episode for some reason. <laughs> Sorry about that, but um, uh, I think, as I said before, uh, I'm just here for fodder. I'm, I'm a, an avid consumer. Of Star Trek, but uh, I, when it comes to the trivia, boy, I cannot just pull that stuff out of, out of thin air. My, um, and then, so I would take, uh, as an invention, a uh, transporter. I'm an old guy that can't hardly walk around, and uh, I like I would like being able to just be transported from one spot to the other. And possibly chaperoned by Jason Statham, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see I, I can only put other references from movies that i know things about because uh, i'm not uh, uh the best when it comes to star trek knowledge but uh matt uh once again you have the keys you have all the questions you have all the answers we're excited to hear them uh let's get started if you're ready all right welcome back guys and uh good luck to all of your competitors and here we go with question number one who said the following line from the undiscovered country Perhaps you know the Russian epic Cinderella. If the shoe fits, wear it. I guess I'm in. Okay, uh, let's start with JP. I'm pretty sure this was an original series movie, but I'm not familiar with original series whatsoever. So I went with a safe bet and just said Spock. Okay, let's move on to Candace. Chekhov. And Aaron. I said Korg. 
Mm. Well, Candace picked up on the clue, uh, Russian. Uh, perhaps you know the Russian epic Cinderella, If Shoe Fits Wear It. That is uh, Pavel Chekhov is the correct answer for that one. Nice job. All right. Okay, moving on to question number two. Name both of Chief O'Brien's children as seen on Deep Space Nine. We're just looking for the first name, obviously, because their last names are both O'Brien. Um, all right. Well, let's start with JP then. What did you say? I had no idea. Uh, I, I figured one was probably uh, for his wife's side. One was probably for Chief O'Brien's. I put Keiko. And then after I locked in Keiko, I realized that's his wife. Uh, and then I put Lyle for the other one. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to Candace. I put Molly and Yoshi. All right. And Aaron. I just thought they were M names, so I said Mindy and Marcus. All right. Uh, I'm going to make a command decision here. I'm going to give credit to Candace because she got a one and a half of it. Uh, Molly O'Brien is his older daughter, and his son was actually carried by uh, Kira Norris. So they tacked her name, her family name, onto the beginning of the name they had chosen for him, and they named him Kira Yoshi. So credit, credit for Candace on that one. I agree. Yep. That was great. Okay. Moving on to question number three. Name two of the three scientific luminaries that were simulated in Data's holographic poker program, one of whom was still living and portrayed himself. Yeah, I'm just, I know the one who was still alive was Stephen Hawking, and I'm just trying to settle on who I want the other one to be. I'm remembering, I feel like I remember a white like a white hair afro in there. So I want to say Einstein was the other one. So I think I'm going to lock in with Hawking and Einstein. Okay, let's go to uh, J- uh, to Candace. Uh, Stephen Hawking and Isaac Newton. And Aaron. Stephen Hawking and Einstein. All right, we got points all around. Between all of you, you got all three of them. It was uh, Einstein, Newton, and Hawking. Yep, those were the three. Nice. All right, moving on to question number four. According to Spock, what do the needs of the many outweigh? There are two possible answers. All right, I'm locked in now. Oh, wait, I'm not playing. (laughs) (laughs) I was just happy to know one. (laughs) I threw Jeff a bone, yay. (laughs) I think I'm locked. I'm also going to go ahead and say I'm locked. I'm locked. All right, everyone locked in. Uh, JP? Went with needs of the few seemed straightforward enough. Okay, and Candace? The needs of the few. Aaron? The needs of the few? All right, can I take a guess, Matt? Sure. As to the other one, I believe it's the needs of the one. Those are the two correct answers. Yeah, points all around. Nice job, everybody. All right. All right, I'm going to retire with a perfect score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you all in the final. Kidding. <laughs> All right, moving on to question number five. The NX-01 Enterprise was initially outfitted with how many shuttle pods? Just as a random aside, I always feel like in every movie or TV show, there's never enough shuttle pods. You always need a pod and there's never enough or it's not working for some reason. Unless you're on Voyager and they just, you know, can make them out of thin air because they went through about 37 of them. (laughs) (laughs) I have a guest locked in. I also have a guest locked in. Same here. Okay, let's start with JP. Went with three. All right, Candace. Two. And Aaron. I said three. Again, Candace is picking up points for this one. It is two. Two shuttle pods. 
All right. So let's do a uh, score update. Uh, we're going to go to Jeff for that. Let's see what the, the scores are at this point. All right. Thanks for that, Neil. After five questions, we are looking at JP and Aaron with two points apiece and Candace five for five. Ooh, worthy competitor here today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's move on to question number six. What Star Trek Generations guest star reportedly became so enamored of one of his lines that he had it inscribed on a pocket watch? And no points if you can give me the, the line, but, you know, nerd cred. <laughs> I think this is sort of an apocryphal story. Like it came up in a some article somewhere, but then you know there was never any. You know nobody went back for verification, but it showed up in multiple sources. So uh, I'm actually going to go back and read the whole question and stick that line in there, so that maybe you guys maybe maybe it'll help you guys out a little bit. What Star Trek Generations guest star reportedly became so enamored of the line "Time is the fire in which we burn" that he had it inscribed on a pocket watch? I can literally see the actor standing in some of these scenes because I think it's whoever the main antagonist is in this movie. I cannot figure out who it is. I'm going to lock in the wrong answer of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would have been amazing. All right. So let's start with Candace. Malcolm McDowell. And Aaron. Caligula, AKA Malcolm McDowell. And JP. <laughs> hey, I'm sticking with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> okay. There was the very, very oblique clue of the pocket watch in there, as in clockwork, like Clockwork Orange. This was Malcolm McDowell. Yep. Nice job. All right. Moving on to question number seven. Who was able to successfully utilize the stolen Dominion Fighters virtual reality headset after Captain Sisko had suffered migraines as a result of trying to use it? Jeff, it sounds like if there was a character that I would be connected to, it would be Captain Sisko. With the old migraines. <laughs> mm-hmm. You also appreciate him for his song, yes? Uh, of course, his many chart-topping hits. I'm locked in. Uh, I'm locked in, I guess. I'm also locked in with a guess. All right, let's go back to Candace. Garrick? All right, Aaron? I said Jax. And we'll round it out with JP. I went with Nog. All right. Well, uh, they tried it because they had seen Gold Ducat use the same technology earlier, and they figured, hey, he's a Cardassian. Garrick's a Cardassian. Yeah, that should work. Yes, it was Garrick. He was actually able to pilot the ship. Yep. Nice job. 
Uh, complete brief aside, but JP said he's a fan of Magic the Gathering. Garrick is one of my favorite Planeswalkers, so I will try and remember that now. And hey, he's back with the new corset. That's right. That's, that's Garrick with two R's and Did you and say U. that he's back with a new corset? <laughs> yes, that is exactly <laughs> what he's saying. Beautiful when he has snatched in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Moving on to question number eight. Who was Worf's first love and the mother of his son, Alexander? This is one of my favorite all-time characters. Yeah, I can't think of this uh, character's name. I can only picture the the actress because she was in a bunch of other, some other characters as well, which doesn't help at all. I'll say Kalis. 100% wrong. All right. Aaron answered with Kalis. We're going to go to Candace. Kalar. And JP. If you're going to be wrong, at least go with something close. I locked in with Jadzia Dax, knowing that that was the follow-up. I think she was technically his foster mom, but uh, or stepmom, I guess. Um, but no, this was uh, before there was Belana Torres, uh, played by the inimitable Susie Plaxon. This was Kalar. Nice job, Candace. Yeah. Susie Plaxon had some big Lauren Bacall energy playing Kalar, and oh, I lived for it. It was great. All right, moving on to question number nine. What woodwind instrument of Harry Kim's did he forget at home before his initial posting aboard Voyager? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I don't really know, but I'm going to say flute. All right. So Aaron says flute. Candace, what'd you say? Clarinet. And JP. As a former music teacher, I should know that this is a clarinet. That's that's right. Points for JP and Candace. It was a clarinet. Nice job. And two-thirds of the way through here with number t- question number 10, what is the only type of chocolate that actress Marina Sirtis professes to actually enjoy, unlike her character, Deanna Troy? I was trying to decide between if you were trying to ask for a type of – you say type, so I'm going to say milk chocolate. And Candace? Dark chocolate. JP? I also went with dark chocolate. Yeah, Marina Sirtis famously tells the story of uh, when she was in the episode called The Game and she had to devour a uh, an entire ice cream sundae that was chocolate on top of chocolate. And they said the only type of chocolate that she would actually eat was dark chocolate. So she had to spit out the non-dark chocolate between takes in a bucket. <laughs> so dark chocolate is correct. That's what we're going for. Nice job. Awesome. Well, uh, 10 questions in. It uh, looks like Aaron has three points. JP has four points. And Candace is uh, batting perfect with 10, which uh, already guarantees her a spot um, in the final. So our other competitors are playing for that wild card. But uh, great game so far, everyone. All right. Moving on to question number 11. Name the blonde-haired Borg specialist that served as Captain Riker's first officer in the best of both worlds. Yeah. uh, No, I don't even have – I'm not going to be able to come up with a reasonable guess. It's just the really – when I cut back, back talking to her, and so they had a lot of arguing, and that was fun. And so I will just say, uh, Becky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Locked in with Becky. Uh, let's go to JP. I also w- did not know, so I figure let's go with uh, Commander Johnson. Okay. And Candace. Shelby. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
Mm. It was it sadly it was not Lucky Commander Johnson. It was uh, Shelby Elizabeth Shelby, played by Elizabeth Dennehy, uh, Brad Dennehy's only daughter. I think she oh. she was she was in the news recently when uh, when he passed. Uh, she she made a couple different uh, videos about it. Yeah. And Aaron, I believe you were thinking of Becky with the good hair. Was that correct? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to question number 12. Who was James Kirk's only son who died at the hands of the Klingons? I think I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I don't know why I say I think I am. <laughs> this is original series. I'm not going to know the answer, so I need to like come up with a plausible name that James Kirk would name one of his sons in canon. It isn't William Shatner naming a son. Um... Let's go with Nathaniel. All right. JPN with Nathaniel. Let's go to Aaron. Said David Marcus. And Candace. David. I didn't know if you knew the last name. I only came up with the first. (laughs) Uh, That's good enough. I didn't specify. So, yes, uh, we're looking for David Marcus. He was the offspring of Kirk and scientist Carol Marcus, as seen in Star Trek II. And he was also in number three. She was not. Okay, moving on to question number 13. If you know your uh, literature, to borrow from another show, you <laughs> might uh, have a third of a chance at this one. Captain Archer's pet beagle was named after which of the three musketeers? I'm locked in with a guess. How's your knowledge of beagles, JP? Uh, it, it's definitely a two out of five bones right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be locked in with a wrong French sounding answer. <laughs> okay, Dakor. Uh, let's go to um, Aaron first. Said Porthos. And JP? I went with Marius. And Candace? I went with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if we could see uh, Scott Bakula singing Empty Chairs at Empty Tables, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, no, we're actually looking for... Miz? I'm here for that version of Les Miz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're looking for Porthos. Porthos is correct. Nice job. All right. Moving on to question number 14. Deep Space Nine had a small fleet of runabout shuttles that were all named similarly. What was their naming scheme? Well, I'm practically tapping out with my wrong, just a wrong answer. Yeah, I'm going to lock the wrong answer. I'm also locking in with a wrong answer. <laughs> okay, let's start with uh, Aaron's wrong answer. Runner X. Okay, and JP? That the runabouts were named after uh, past Cardassian leaders. Okay, <laughs> and Candace? R1, R2, R3, etc. Well, no points for this one. Uh, Deep Space Nine shuttles' names included the Rio Grande, the Yangtze Kiang, the Orinoco. These were all Earth Rivers. They were Earth Rivers that were named after the the, the runabout shuttles were named after Earth Rivers. Uh, Karen Reese actually has a line about it towards the end of the show, uh, towards the end of the run in season seven. She says, at the rate we go through runabout, it's a good thing the Earth has so many rivers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and to round out game two, here's question number 15. What was the name of the ancient warning that would-be members of the secret Romulan society, the Jat Vaj, had to endure as the final step of their initiation? I remember everything about it but the name, so I'll just, I'll just uh, lock in with a uh, guess. No, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just going to tap out. I'm not even, I can't pretend. Okay. Uh, Aaron is going to tap out on that question. Let's go to JP. 
I remember this has something to do with them like arranging planets in order to be able to have the vision, but I couldn't remember what the ritual was called. I called it the Circle of Five because I'm pretty sure it has something to do with them pulling like five planets into an alignment or something like that. Okay, and Candace? I just called it Ridiculously Disturbing Thing. <laughs> ridiculous disturbing thing it was definitely uh disturbing uh and uh jp maybe you had a little Battlestar galactica in there with the circle of five and the fi- final five i'm not sure but uh <laughs> this was uh most re- this was in uh, picard towards the end of the series and it finally gave away the uh the whole plot of the show and it was called the admonition the admonition is what we're looking for mm. well i believe that uh rounds out game number two uh jeff what are our final scores all right. After 15 questions in round two, we're looking at the scores of four for JP, five for Aaron, and moving on to the final will be Candace with a score of 12. Great yeah, job, well, everyone. Well done. Well done. That was good. Uh, let's start with uh, JP. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, more where people can find you and what you're up to, uh, and we appreciate you being here as well. Yeah, no, uh, thank you so much for having me on. I saw the post go up in the crop and it was like fantastic to have the happenstance of being on Facebook at the exact time that you were looking for people to be a part of this. Uh, As far as where you can find me, I am most easily reached on Twitter. You can find me at judge underscore JPA. And then if you want to hear my voice delivering trivia, you can definitely look for The Geek Bracket uh, wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Aaron, uh, any last words from you? No, uh, nothing much. Just uh, thanks for uh, doing this again and embarrassing me again and uh, thanks again Jeff, for that it's, uh... <laughs> look i mean neil and i have been on more than 200 episodes of our show and we get stuff wrong all the time so i think we're now qualified to be professionally wrong for a living um so i wouldn't worry too much about it these were these are tough questions so yeah i'm a I mean, professional right imbecile so not for candace she crushed it. She Candace yeah. did crush it. Um, and uh, speaking of that, Candace, uh, how do you feel going into the final round? Fine. And that's the right I'm answer. I'm a woman of few words. Uh, that, <laughs> hey, you're few words, but many answers, right? That's that's what it is. Uh, well, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Uh, thank you again uh, to JP and Aaron as well. Uh, Matt, what can we expect for this final round? Is everything going to get harder? And, and is there going to be any sort of uh, fitness tests or anything else? Uh, it might not be exactly what you would expect. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but uh, we'll we'll see what they've. Uh, we'll see if I can throw them a curveball or two for this last one. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Uh, thank you very much to all of our Patreon supporters uh, for making these bonuses happen. We love doing them. Um, having some bite-sized trivia that you can bulk up on before uh, theme trivia nights. So thank you very much to all of you who help uh, us uh, be able to do these. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, for Aaron. Uh, Candace, JP, Matt, Jeff. Uh, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? <laughs> 
We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.